And we start with that education story. Teachers Union Satu says it will head to court today to seek an urgent interdict to challenge the Department of Basic Education's decision that matric learners rewrite the leaked exam papers. Minister Angie Mutsecha announced on Friday that learners would rewrite Mathematics Paper 2 and Physical Science Paper 2 on December 15th and 17th, respectively. My colleague Stephen Grote spoke to Mugwena Maluleke, who's the General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union Satu earlier on on uh, sunrise. Well, that's what the problem is, is that instead of going to the marking like we do all the years, we do mark even when there is no irregularity that has been reported prior to the marking, we're able to detect that. We're able to say this learner has seen the memo. Okay? Somebody has given this particular learner a memorandum. We can see three of them. Where are they coming from? Okay, they come from this particular school. And then we subjected that to an investigation. It's not the first time where the minister would withhold uh, the results of particular learners. And people will be asking, why are you not releasing the meds, um, um, uh, physical science or whatever? Then the minister would be saying, look, we're still investigating. There was something that we detected during the marking. And that gives you credibility at the end of the day. It does not generalize that we were able to detect the following things and therefore we kept them aside so the rest of the learners have deserved their marks that they have received and therefore there's credibility so you must always understand the way that credibility is not just going to come on the basis of assumption it's going to have to be tested and testing it is that let's use the tools that we have that we've always been using over the years to do that so just because there's going to be a perception in the public does not make the examination not credible Yes, people have got perception, but that perception does not prove that there is a problem with the credibility of the examination. And uh, that was uh, General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union, uh, Mugwena Maluleke. And joining us now, as I said, have been inundated with messages from learners who are very unhappy about this uh, latest decision by the Department of Education. And we're joined by Tsekhofatsu Butibothe, who is a matric learner at Gulfview Park High in Mahikeng. And she says that the decision to have everyone rewrite maths and physical science uh, papers is unfair to them as students who did not cheat. And um, Tsekhofatsu, good afternoon. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Good afternoon. Hello. So please tell me, you were one of the learners who reached out to me uh, saying that, please, you know, someone needs to stand up for you. So uh, tell me exactly how you feel about this decision when you heard it on Friday when announced by the minister. Okay, so when I heard on Friday, I was absolutely devastated. Uh, My mother knows how frustrated I was. I broke into tears because I felt like, all my hard work, all the sacrifices I made throughout the year, going to school during the pandemic, having to stay at school until 5 p.m., studying, it was not worth it. Because now we're telling us that whatever we wrote was not credible. It doesn't matter anymore. And I thought, as a goal, everything I worked hard for did not necessarily, you know, um, work out for me. So the Quality Assurance Body for uh, the Matric Examinations, Uma Lucy, they are saying that they cannot vouch for the credibility of this exam. Uh, so they will not give it their stamp of approval because of the leaks that occurred. 
when did you first hear about the leaks uh, in both maths paper two and science paper two, as well as I believe uh, the business paper also leaked? Um, I heard about the leaks after getting home. It was um, the day after writing. When I got home, I was on social media and I started hearing people talking about how the paper was supposedly leaked before we started writing. And I'm then like, I never got a question paper. So what do we mean the question paper was leaked? I never even got it. don't think anybody from our school got it because we were all clueless when we found out well, we were dumbstruck. We even spoke about it. We were like, when was the paper leaked? It never reached us. And with regard to the physical science paper, when did you get wind of that leak? Um, the physical sciences paper, I, I, I don't remember when I found out. Because that day, it was really raining when we wrote. And it was absolutely horrible because there was thunder, lightning, and... I don't even remember getting a question before hearing about the physics one. It's all new to me. So now the department is saying because the quality assurance body, Umalusi, will actually not vet this matric exam, they have no choice but to ask all matriculants to rewrite these papers. What do you make of that? I know you're disappointed, but if they cannot assure uh, give a, a stamp of quality assurance for the exams because of these leaks. What do you hope, you know, or, or what do you believe should happen? All I'm hoping is that um, the Department of Education will side with us as well as the unions. Um, we are depending on the Department of Education to speak up for us because um, they've been discussing with Uma Lucy and it seems like they are both on the same page. Whereas the department should be speaking up for us as the learners because they were the ones responsible for the leak. So they must be the ones figuring out how to, um, you know, work through the leak while protecting us. Because um, if they do side with us, I think Umalusi will then give in and, you know, probably give us their, their signature on our certificate. So, Tsikhofato, how do you think you fared in the papers that you've written? Um, they're obviously hot papers. But then for the first time ever, I just felt like my chemistry paper was the best work I've ever done. It was really easy. I wrote amazingly. Um, my math, math is math. So my paper too was all right. It was okay. Uh, there was nothing to complain about that much. We obviously didn't finish writing because math paper two papers are really long. But all in all, I think I did fairly well. And rewriting again, that's going to put more pressure on me to study and do better because people are expecting that because there's a rewrite, you should be working hard to improve your marks. So the pressure, you know, is affecting me psychologically and emotionally. And really, I don't think I can go through that again. And then, without necessarily belaboring this point, when you say it is affecting you psychologically, it's, it's affecting you physically, maybe just give our listeners a greater sense of what it is that you feel and what you are going through uh, with regard to the anxiety of having to rewrite these papers. Okay, it all began um, 
during the corona pandemic, we all had anxiety. We were scared for our lives. And um, the department asked us to go back to school during peak season. And honestly speaking, if it wasn't for the political party that spoke for us, I don't know where we would be right now. Uh, we risked our lives physically. We could have died. We could have contracted the disease, spread it back home and killed everybody. But we still went to school. That shows our perseverance. And after that, we were told that we needed to learn the entire syllabus within the short period of time before our preliminary exams. And that was a lot to take in, honestly. Um, we were bombarded with a lot of information in a short period of time. We went to school early. We came back home late. We had homework. That was um, a mental strain on us. Then after that, we were told that papers were leaked. Now we have to rewrite. We have to endure the same thing we endured uh, throughout the corona pandemic. We have again to study. Studying and staying up late trying to understand everything again. And honestly speaking, the fact that we were able to put aside our feelings, put aside how we felt for the right to sit in our final examinations. And we are told again that, you know what, it is not all credible. You have to do it again. It's, it's really a setback and it's, it's a psychological drawback. Are you sleeping, Teho? How are you sleeping? I've been crying. I don't think I've been sleeping because I've been hooked on the news. I'm not a news person, but then I've been watching the news, trying to find out what's going on. Is something going to happen? Last night, I couldn't sleep because I heard that Satsu was going to court. I was like, I'm waiting to hear what the court says. And it hasn't been pleasant because we thought that we were done with our examinations. We were elated that we are left with our paper three. We are done with everything. And we are told you have to rewrite the hardest papers ever. And I'm taken aback. I'm shook. And I, I don't know, honestly. I'm, I've been crying a lot. I think I've been depressed, but I'm not a depressed person. My mother is so concerned. She wants to take me to a psychologist. Why? I don't know. Maybe that's not a bad idea. Uh, but Tehofato, please uh, keep us posted and uh, try and, you know, be as well as you possibly can. And um, th- th- we'll leave it there with you for now. But please, please keep me posted. Uh, you know how to get in touch with me and uh, we'll follow up on what happens. And uh, that was Tsikhofato uh, Boto Bothle, who is a matric learner at Gulfview Park High in Mahikeng. And I've been receiving so, so many messages from matriculants. And uh, just to take a look at the uh, psychological uh, aspect of uh, this particular matter, um, we are going to speak now to someone from uh, SADC and uh, just speaking to um, Ms. Gordon here, um, uh, Vanisha Gordon, who's project manager at the South African Anxiety and Depression Group, uh, to talk to us about what the matriculants are currently experiencing. Um, Ms. Gordon, thanks for your time and welcome to Update at Noon. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I don't know how much of the previous interview you heard, but uh, speaking to a matric learner about the uh, psychological impact of learning that they have to rewrite uh, some of the toughest papers during the exam. 
how does exam anxiety affect performance of learners? So definitely, I mean, it's it's any exam that any child has to write, whether it be matric or whether it be any of the other grades, is is going to, you know, allow them to feel stressed. It's going to allow them to feel, you know, that pressure because it's also an exam where they have to write something to go forward and go into the next year. And being in matric is always a little bit more pressure because now it's what you're going to study the following year. Are you going to get the marks that you're going to study, what you're actually looking to study, what's actually going to happen in the future. So it's a little bit of a extra pressure compared to any of the other grades. And if we look at this year has been a complete you know, a new world. I, I just want to say that it's like a new world. We're having to adapt to regulations. The kids couldn't go to school when they needed to go to school. They also had to adapt to online learning. They had to adapt to learning by themselves in a particular manner. So it's been a very difficult year. And definitely I can imagine how the, the metric students are frustrated because now they've written all the exams. They thought they were done and dusted with exams. And now we're in that position where now they're waiting for their their results, but now they're having to have to have that that option of oh no, I have to rewrite something, and and you know it's going to be more hard, it's going to be more difficult. But in actual fact, if we take the situation and we move it to a positive light, we might be able to say okay, fine. Uh, a lot of the students have number one struggled with online learning, have struggled to cope with the amount of you know work that they had and not have that one-on-one interaction with their teachers, with their tutors, or even with an extra, you know, a sort of like I know when kids go and they go for extra classes, that has also been not exactly available and it's been a little bit hard. So if we take it as a second chance and maybe say, okay, take a deep breath. What am I, what am I as, you know, as a student going to do about this experience? What am I going to, you know, take from it? They have to take a deep breath. Think about, okay, what am I going to do here? How am I feeling about it? And just as the student mentioned that she's, you know, she's not sleeping, she's focused on the news, she's trying to find out enough information so that she can also, you know, learn to cope with it. I think that's where you need to take a breath. You need to take a step back and say, okay, if this is happening and we had to adapt to online learning, we had to adapt to the new world, we had to adapt to all these regulations, how am I going to now adapt to writing this exam again. Mm. And then uh, leads to the next question, uh, Vanisha. Is there a correlation between students' stress levels, uh, generally speaking, and the intrinsic motivation during especially these matric examinations? I think definitely. I mean, look, the, the whole concept of being matric and having to go in the like to have to like decide now what am I going to do in the future is definitely stressful. And this is going to be even more because now they're going to second guess everything that they've, they've done in the previous exam. So they're going to be like, okay, I need to go back to my other exam and say, okay, what didn't I know there and what am I going to learn in for the new exam. So it's going to increase their frustration levels. It's going to increase uh, the fact that they're going to feel more anxious. It's been a roller coaster this year already, and this is just another hurdle that they're having to now pass on. And uh, just finally, I have received at least a message from one student who is threatening suicide over this particular matter. What can parents do? What can guardians do 
to support these metric learners at this time? I think it's so important to open those communication uh, communication lines. Speak to your kids. Find out how they're doing. For example, if, if uh, I think it was Sejo Faso. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. I think uh, it's so important that her mom actually said that, you know, I think you might need to go to a psychologist. You might need to see a counselor. I think that's also something that's very important. If you're concerned about your child, and this is difficult, it is difficult. I think this year has been very difficult, having to deal with all of the changes in our lives, especially the little ones. I think it's been a difficult trying year. It's so important to keep those communication lines open. You know, if if your child is not feeling well, they're not eating well, they're stressed. Speak to them. Ask them how they're feeling. Ask them what you can do as a parent to try and assist them and try and support them. Phone the helpline. You know, give them the telephone number. It's 0800-567-567. Give them the telephone number. Let them phone in. Or you as a parent can phone in and want to find out how you can better help your child in that specific situation. A counselor is always available. And I cannot stress enough. It's about Speaking to your child, having them to be having them be able to tell you, you know what, mom, you know what, dad, I'm not doing well. I am very stressed. I'm very frustrated. I don't know where to start. So start where it starts. Take a deep breath. Say, okay, fine. What am I going to do in this space? What am I going to do as a parent, as a child? I'm going to go back. I'm going to try and you know create that routine and say, okay, what am I going to do as a step one? Do it slowly. Take your time and don't feel pressurized to say that, you know what, I have to do all of these, all of this work. I have to take it in and I have to start now. Take it step by step. Create a routine. Thank you so much for that, uh, Vanisha Gordon, Project Manager at the South African Anxiety and Depression Group uh, from uh, SADAC, uh, talking to us there about what parents can do, what guardians can do, and uh, friends and generally people around matriculants at this time because they are going through a very rough time. Well, um, let's jo- jo- let's uh, go over now to uh, the CEO of University South Africa, Professor Ahmed Bawa, uh, to talk to us about the impact of uh, the education education department's decision and how this will impact on universities and next year's entrance. Uh, Professor Bauer, good afternoon. Thanks for speaking to us here on Updated Noon. Good afternoon, Sakina, and thank you so much for having me again. Professor Bauer, uh, I think, for uh, please give us your sentiments first and foremost. Yes, no, I just so totally agree with that last uh, uh, message that you read out, you know, and uh, my heart really goes out to these young people like who have had an extraordinary year. I mean, uh, and now to suffer through um, kind of uh, the outcomes of the leaked exam paper, I mean, she's, uh, one has to ask you know, just what the hell is going on with the Department of Basic Education that it can't secure our examinations. Eh? Um, you know, examinations are run everywhere in the world. Eh? And uh, yet, you know, every year we go through this kind of process of are there leaked exams, are there not leaked exams, and so on. Uh, so, um, I, I think that um, with regard to uh, uh, to accessing places at universities, um, uh, the te- technically this is not a problem because you know the matric results, the NSC results were good, are going to be released only on the 23rd of February, uh, and uh, the universities uh, will uh, begin the academic years for the first time entrance uh, uh, after the uh, in the second week of March onwards. So. Um, some universities will begin in the second week of March and others 
will begin in the first week of April. So, uh, so it'll be in that period that uh, university programs will start. So from a technical point of view, uh, it's not a problem. Uh, you know, the, the uh, these universities are all set up for starting the academic year during that period. Uh, but of course, um, you know, this, uh, this really does place a lot of new pressure on these young people. Uh, and, uh, and as your last speaker kind of pointed out, you know, just the levels of anxiety and uh, the impact of that on their performance and so on. Now, universities will take some of that into account, of course, uh, especially those that haven't yet already made their choices. Uh, but um, uh, but that doesn't make it any easier for the young people, if you like, you know, that they have to write these two exams. So when we see a situation such as this, and, and you've asked the question, what is going on? Why is the Department of Basic Education not able to secure uh, these exams? Is there a perception of any kind that the universities will have about the type of students that they will be receiving? Yeah, look, you know, we, we are totally dependent on, on Umalusi as the Quality Council, and we work very closely with Umalusi. Um, you know, we, sit, uh, we have members of the university community sitting on their board and regular meetings between the admissions committee of USAF and uh, Umalusi and so on. So um, as long as we have the go-ahead from Umalusi that the examinations uh, were uh, carried out in a uh, in a suitable fashion and that the quality controls were all in place, uh, universities will uh, will accept the outcomes of those exams uh, without any uh, without any prevarication. So uh, and what that means essentially is that uh, is that universities will be happy with the uh, with the um, you know, with the intake next year. You know, so now, of course, uh, we've had an extraordinary year. So uh, it might well be that universities will have to put in uh, special, um, you know, um, uh, um, uh, programs to to help students to settle in uh, to determine if there are gaps available in the knowledge that they've picked up in in the final year at school, and if there are, uh, and that if those have to be filled. Um, but that will only be done once, uh, you know, once students are on the campuses, um, and 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 then faculties will respond to uh, any challenges that emerge. And um, with regard to the universities themselves, uh, Professor Bauer, as you say, this is an extraordinary year and it has brought about all sorts of challenges for students at universities as well. Uh, what are some of the ones that you've picked up more prominently? Well, you know, uh, as your last speaker was pointed out, pointing out with uh, with school students, uh, it's also true that there's uh, indications of tremendous, uh, um, you know, uh, problems with anxiety, with uh, depression, and so on amongst university students. And uh, you know, we're working very closely with uh, the organization called Higher Health, which is very closely aligned with us. Um, uh, to try and address address this, uh, and each university, have got, of course, has got in place kind of uh, uh, health clinics, uh, psychology clinics, and so on to try and facilitate uh, uh, kind of uh, um, uh, an improving kind of uh, response of students to those pressures that they experience. Um, so that's the one issue. 
The second issue, of course, is just the fact that uh, you know COVID-19 is by no means uh, over yet. You know? um, so what we're going to experience at the beginning of next year, the next academic year, is just a much higher dependence on the use of technology, uh, even if students are back on campus. So, uh, so it's really about saying that when students come onto campus, especially the first-year students, uh, there'll have to be a there'll have to be a lot of um, preparation uh, work done with them uh, to allow them to uh, to move into blended technology-based learning, uh, even if they are on campus. So that's going to be a second big need, if you like. Uh, and each university has got its own kind of technology system and so on. So, um, so even if they've learned how to use technology while they are at school, uh, it might well be that uh, they'll have to go through some sort of orientation program and so on to get them into, a, uh, into the system uh, at each campus. Um, and thirdly, um, you know, just to try and ensure that, uh, that students and staff and so on understand that so much of the responsibility of dealing with the continuing pandemic uh, rests on behavior. You know, as we just saw with these uh, rages, uh, these metric rages that took place uh, over the last few weeks, um, you know, so much depends on, so, you know, on, on behavior. And, and therefore, there is going to be a significant amount of um, preparation with students uh, relating to the way in which we can avoid outbreaks, if you like, on our campuses. Professor Bauer, thanks so much for your time. Ahmed Bauer is the CEO of University South Africa. And as you heard, um, shouldn't really affect uh, the entrance for next year's university intake, provided, of course, uh, that Umalusi gives uh, the stamp of approval to the exam in the end.